One, two, three. <laughs> Welcome into the Y'all Show. A little Southern Rock channeling here going on in the studio. This is the show that's all about Southern Rock and Southern Country music, Southern Bluegrass, Southern Blues. Oh, all kinds of good music, but we also have so much more here on the All Southern Show. We've got plenty of news and information. We've got humor. We've got cooking. We've got a little bit of everything here on the Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. And yeah, we are having a good time here on a Tuesday as we wind things down, getting ready for jolly old St. Nick. He'll be around in just a few days, and we are going to wrap up the year in style here this week on the Y'all Show, talk with a Southern accent on this Tuesday edition of the Y'all Show. Later this hour, we'll talk a little politics. And in North Carolina, if you've tuned in recently to the headlines coming from the old North State, my goodness, what a disaster in one of the congressional districts there, as it looks like there could be a real chance some voting mishaps happened and some people got paid to round up votes. Now, that is all still speculative at this point, but we'll have a report on what is going on there on the southern border of North Carolina along the South Carolina line where they have a congressional district that is still a toss-up now that we're into mid-December. We still don't know who's going to emerge from that congressional race. So we'll have info on that thing going on in North Carolina. I have to call it a thing. I don't know what else you'd call it, but we've got our y'all political report, and that's leading things off here on today's y'all show then we'll actually take it to nashville tennessee and i don't know if you are aware if you aren't up on all the news headlines but not long ago president donald trump appointed a man to be the acting u.s attorney general and that's matthew whitaker and last week whitaker who is already they already have announced a replacement for him if he gets selected by the senate if he is confirmed in the senate It'll be the old George H.W. Bush Attorney General. But for right now, Matthew Whitaker is the acting U.S. Attorney General. And he was in Nashville the other day speaking about the effort to combat the opioid crisis. And they're going to create a southern hub for combating the opioid crisis in Nashville. And they'll have a strike force is what they call it. And then we're going to hear Whitaker talk about that in our political report coming up later this hour on the Y'all Show. So going to talk a little opioids and how that of course has been a awful stain on the entire country but especially in parts of the south over the last decade or so and we'll we'll talk about that and we'll have matthew whitaker audio coming your way at the end of hour one when we turn the page to hour two of this tuesday y'all show we'll start things off with our sports land yeah we're going to look at the ap top 25 for college football and we're going to look and and put a little bit more emphasis on those teams that really came out of nowhere this year to have great seasons teams that weren't from the power five i'm talking ucf and i'm talking about other teams that are bubbling under the top 25 like appalachian state even troy is is i think they got some votes in the ap top 25 right now or just under the top 25 so we'll discuss all that in our spotlight on sports lanyap and then an hour or two the barrister is going to be back with us matt Herman's will have his latest report, and sources say that he's going to have ham on his mind just in time for Christmas, that Christmas ham, 
and how to do it upright. We'll be hamming it up big time with Matt Hearman's The Barrister of Bodacious Barbecue and Beautiful Bodacious Ham Just in Time for Christmas. That's coming up an hour or two. Do not miss it. Hey, if you want to contact us here on the show, if you want to send us a Christmas ham, we'll gladly take it. Our number is 803-816-117, and that's the number you can call or text at your leisure. Also, you can find us on the World Wide Web at y'all.com. Easy, easy ways for you to reach out to us here and touch someone with the Y'all Show Christmas style. Diving into the headlines now as we glance across the southeast, over 300,000 people were without power after that powerful winter storm packed a punch in many southern states, and that storm ended up being a deadly storm as at least one person in North Carolina, a person in Charlotte, died when a tree fell on their moving vehicle. And there, I know as another case in North Carolina when someone's missing right now, a trucker, I think. But golly, the snowfall that happened in North Carolina as a result of that, and I know parts of southwest Virginia, I saw images of Interstate 81 north of Bristol, Virginia, and it was a true winter and icy wonderland for sure in that part of Virginia. But North Carolina, of course, in the mountains and into the Piedmont, very, very heavy snowfall. And this went all the way to the Kinston, North Carolina area in the Noose River and a dive team there searching for a missing truck driver, as we told you, that happened in North Carolina. And that's way east of Raleigh, Kinston is. So just a lot of snowfall here in December. And although beautiful, of course, very scary. And again, over 300,000 without power in several of our southeast states, North Carolina, West Virginia, Tennessee, and Virginia all getting a massive punch. I think South Carolina, at least parts of the Greenville-Spartanburg area, also had some icy conditions and power outages as well. Don't want to leave our friends out in the Peach State. I know in Clayton, Georgia, Cleveland, Georgia, and places in northeast Georgia were hit with some good snowfall amounts. So, yes, I think all is getting back to normal to some degree, but a lot of snowfall, something we're not used to usually pre-Christmas, is having snow hit us this hard in some of our region. One very strange byproduct of this snowy condition and and treacherous roads was on Interstate 40 in western North Carolina, very close to the Tennessee line on Interstate 40. A truck full of hogs overturned, and the livestock got out on the highway. And westbound lanes of I-40 were closed so the pigs could be corralled. And one of those lanes ended up being reopened by mid-afternoon. But about 100 pigs were aboard this truck. Some died in the crash. And local farmers there in western North Carolina were helping to gather the, the hogs up as they were wandering around a snowy shoulder on that uh, stretch of highway. A very mountainous part of North Carolina right through there. Just went through there the other day, in fact. And it's beautiful, but very, very scary. In fact, when I was coming through there just the other day, I saw a truck overturned right by the Welcome Center as you go into North Carolina on Interstate 40 heading east. So, yeah, it's dangerous anytime, but especially if you add ice and snow and hear a truck of hogs collapsing and those hogs getting out on Interstate 40. And and that would have been a, an, an awful scene if you had some dead pigs from that wreck. Hopefully the driver of the truck's okay. I don't have a report on that, but a scary situation in the western North Carolina mountains with all that snowfall that happened. In Georgia, five white police officers there could face trial 
and deaths of unarmed black men as early as next year, and they're all likely to stand trial, a noteworthy number of prosecutions in a state which has historically had a high bar for trying cops. All five officers, including DeKalb County Police Officer Robert Olson, who killed Afghanistan war veteran Anthony Hill back in 2015, were indicted under a new state grand jury rule that went into effect a couple of years ago, and the new rules no longer allow officers to look at the prosecution's case and then testify without being cross-examined, privileges historically available only to cops in the state of Georgia. And the new rules, some say, will level the playing field, and we'll see how what happens there. But five cops at least possibly on trial for the deaths of unarmed black men in Georgia. We already know from what's happening in the Birmingham area an unarmed black, well, he was armed, but he was not the person the cop was intending to silence whenever he fired on him because he was carrying a gun. The guy in the mall in Georgia was not the shooter that they were seeking, and he unfortunately lost his life. But changes there in Georgia with those laws, we'll see how it plays out in the new year. One of the offshoots of a horrible school shooting we don't talk about a lot because we kind of try to put these incidences, these these bad incidents behind us. But in Santa Fe, Texas, where you had that awful school shooting at the end of last year at the Santa Fe Public School District, a number of students have left that Houston area school district where 10 people were killed in a mass shooting in May. And enrollment at the Santa Fe Public School District has now dropped by more than 4%, according to attendance figures. And there's about 200 fewer students in the Santa Fe school system and that is a big, big decline, especially in Houston, Texas. You're not used to seeing any school go down in an enrollment. But in this fairly nice area, sandwiched between Houston and Galveston, in Santa Fe, where Santa Fe High School is, where this shooting happened, you're going to see enrollment down this year. And the only reasonable excuse for that is that horrible tragedy that so many innocent lives were taken in May of 2018. And I know that probably is a a trend that we see in Parkland, Florida, where the high school there had a a mass school shooting this year. And it's just one of those things that, unfortunately, it's a byproduct, certainly not as severe as losing lives. But those lingering effects of school shootings go on in many, many ways. Those lingering negative effects roll on, unfortunately. To Texas, And a child there found ecstasy in their Sonic burger, and now three employees of that Sonic have been arrested. This happened in Taylor, Texas, just to the northeast of Austin. A family went to the Sonic drive-in in in the Taylor area of Texas last week, and they went to pick up their dinner. And the 11-year-old daughter spotted a pill when she unwrapped her four-year-old brother's hamburger. And the family took the pill to the Taylor Police Department, and they performed a field test and concluded it was ecstasy. And the girl actually asked her parents, is this candy? And of course it wasn't. Thank goodness that she nor her brother put that in their mouth. And police went to the Sonic drive-in and arrested three employees on a variety of charges. The manager there was arrested on an outstanding felony theft warrant from the Guadalupe County Police Law Enforcement Agency. And while being searched at the Williamson County Jail, was found to be in possession of three ecstasy pills. Good Lord, what's going on with Sonic in Taylor, Texas? So, yes, bad folks making burgers and unfortunately nearly probably killed. I would think if you were a child and you had an ecstasy pill, it would be a very bad result.
Thank goodness that did not happen. That's a blessing. That's something we should be thankful for. What an alert young lady catching that pill in her little brother's hamburger. Now, to Mississippi, to Pascagoula, and a high school there has banned students from wearing a class t-shirt that lists the names of three seniors who died this year and the dismissive phrase on the t-shirt that says, quote, by Felicia, B-Y-E, by Felicia. And Pascagoula School Superintendent Wayne Rudolfich on Friday banned these shirts from school property and events. Students on Thursday started receiving the shirts that featured the phrase first used by Ice Cube in the 1999 film Friday as a cold way to say goodbye. And Pascagoula High School administrators, staff, and students designed the shirts. Rudolphich says the seniors' names were probably included in an effort to honor them, but were not in the design that had been approved. And the school district will be paying for the students to get new senior class shirts. That's kind of stupid. That's stupid they would even go through with that. And why would the school district go and get new shirts for something that it sounds was intentionally done in very bad taste? Now, evidently, these three seniors who had died all died and not together. Uh, Tragically, unfortunately, kids die in car wrecks or other illnesses. And they just put their names as a salute on this by Felicia shirt. But that's pretty tacky. And that's tacky they would do it and even more tacky that the school district taxpayer money likely going to pay for a new class shirt in the pascagoula high school in mississippi where's ray stevens when you need him ray stevens who sang the famous song the mississippi squirrel revival in that little old town of pascagoula west virginia officials are searching for four in an abandoned coal mine And these people entered this abandoned mine on Monday morning and a day after officials said rescuers began a perilous operation to scour the mine in hopes of finding the quartet. And this happened at the Elk Run Coal Company's Rock House Palatine Mine near Clear Creek, West Virginia. The group actually vanished on Sunday morning and an abandoned ATV the four were riding in was located at the mine entrance and the rescuers entered the mine Around 1 o'clock on Sunday, still, as of this report, have not been found there in Raleigh County, West Virginia. So we hope for the best there. Those coal mines and going back to what happened in Thailand a couple of months ago, scary stuff. And probably some people out. I don't think they were working when they went into this underground coal mine, this foursome. No telling what they were doing. But they are now missing in this abandoned coal mine in West Virginia. And our prayers go to their families and and to these four. Perhaps they'll be found. Where are our guys who helped find those in in Thailand a couple of months ago? Perhaps they'll come through. In fact, I know one was from the south. He's from actually South Carolina was part of that successful effort to get those kids out way over there in Asia. In Arlington National Cemetery, volunteers are needed because the wreaths need to be de- wreaths need to be added to the veterans' headstones at our nation's biggest national cemetery, as the placement of Christmas wreaths on veterans' gravestones in Arlington is an annual holiday tradition that stretches back nearly three decades. The organization Wreaths Across America is a volunteer effort that spearheads this annual effort, and they need help to honor those buried there. National Wreaths Across America Day is set for this Saturday, December 15th, and there's going to be a lot of people coming out to Arlington, but they need more help. So if you're in 
earshot, within earshot of Arlington National Cemetery, and you can somehow participate in helping put these beautiful Christmas wreaths on on the graves of thousands and thousands of our heroes who were buried at Arlington or at other cemeteries around the country, please check out this organization, Wreaths Across America, and let's do something special here in December for our fallen heroes and those who served our military during their careers. We have more headlines coming your way here on the Y'all Show. We'll continue to take a look across the Southeast and tell you what in the world is going on, including some news coming from Arkansas, a bizarre mangling of a medical student's foot on an escalator. We'll tell you about that. And in South Carolina, a man accused of setting his neighbor's home on fire because of Christmas decorations. Can you believe that? (laughs) We'll tell you all about it. Of course you can believe it. (laughs) This is reality. Anything can happen. Even the dumbest things can happen, as we well know. We'll have all those headlines when we come right back here on The Y'all Show. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. When I have a cold sore, I want something that works. Purpose-N-L penetrates deep to treat your cold sore. And it's enriched with lysine, vitamins, and lemon balm for soothing relief. But even when I don't have a cold sore, I still want something that protects against a flare-up. Purpose-N-L protects against certain triggers caused by the sun and cold, including flare-ups from sun damage with its added SPF 30 protection. So it treats and protects. Works for me. And me too. Purpose-N-L works when you have a cold sore, works when you don't. Use as directed.
Hello, chap. Welcome back to the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Talk with a very, very distinct Southern accentuation. That's what we do best here. We talk with a Southern accent, and we accent the South. We are all about the South, and we are glad that you've taken some time out on this Tuesday to hear our lovely program about Dixie. We continue on with headlines across the Southeast. In the next segment, we'll switch over and talk a little politics, if you don't mind. But looking again at headlines from throughout the region, hey, how about the continuing plummet of gas prices across the country, including the South? And we're seeing fuel prices now dip into the less than $2. I got my first text, I think it was last week. Someone was traveling in Mississippi, perhaps, maybe Alabama. Could have been one of my South Carolina people. <laughs> Sent out at something that had a $1.94. A $1.94 gallon. That is extremely good. And I bet there's some places better than that today. Well, let's hope so. We don't need to be giving anyone any extra money this time of year if we don't have to. But uh, gas prices coming down across the South. And the average cost of a gallon of regular grade gas has fallen almost 25 cents in the past three weeks. Great news. The average price of a gallon of gas in the country as of Monday was $2.44 a gallon, according to the tracking site gasbuddy.com. And that compares to last month's gallon average of $2.69. So that's, what, 25 cents cheaper already in one month. And if you look in, like, let's say Alabama, Alabama had the fifth lowest gas prices in the country, followed by Missouri was even lower, followed by Oklahoma, even lower at 205, Arkansas, 207, and the great state of Mississippi, I'm sorry, I'm I'm doing this in reverse order, Missouri had the cheapest gas at 199 on average, Oklahoma, 205, Arkansas, 207. And Mississippi 207 then Alabama was right around that same factor there. But, yeah, even in Tennessee, I think it's around 205 in some places, 210. And how does that compare with the other bozos in the country that live in crazy places that they don't know what cheap gas is all about? Hawaii? Now, I know it would be great to live in Hawaii, but how about this? Gallon of gas in the Aloha State, 379 Some people here in the South paying $2.00. And in Hawaii, three seventy nine. California, they're not an island; they're an island of misfits in some places. But in California, three forty seven right now. Alaska, three dollars and twenty one cents. And all the other high places are all on the left coast, from Washington, Alaska, California. Nevada's three twelve right now, three twelve in Nevada. But yeah, here in the South, we got cheap gas. Cheap liquor, cheap women. Just kidding. No, I'm just I'm kidding on that. Please don't send your letter. I couldn't help. I could not help it. Trying to be funny. Pr- trying to bring a little humor, little little humor this time of year. But yeah, looking at Alabama, for example, I've got some prices in some counties. DeKalb County, Alabama, which is northeast Alabama, a dollar ninety eight, dollar ninety eight in Walker County, where Jasper is. Tuscaloosa is one ninety nine. And let's see, the highest gas price in Alabama. What's going on in Geneva? Geneva, you're two twenty nine a gallon. Geneva County, good Lord. I think I'd rather be in DeKalb paying $1.98. That's many, many pearl price there in DeKalb County. DeKalb, I believe, is, I think it's Fort Payne. 
I'm not 100% up on my Alabama counties, but I think I'm right on that. I need to check it out here momentarily, but if, if it's not, I'm pretty close. I am pretty savvy. I may not know all the counties and locations, but I'm pretty savvy in Alabama when it comes to you, the county code on their license tags. Remember, Tennessee and Mississippi and Georgia all put their county names on their tag, on their official state tag. Alabama doesn't do that. In Alabama, they have a numeral, except if you live in a place like Jefferson County, where Birmingham is, they've they've exceeded the numeral, which is one, and they even have other numerals for that county. But in Alabama, and it goes way, 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 way back when automobiles were first coming out, I think, I thought it was pretty smart idea. It's actually a lot easier to detect way off a numeral than the little county code or the county name on the bottom of the license plate. So can I can I show off my Alabama numeral license tag knowledge here? Oh, of course I can. It's my show. <laughs> okay, to bore you here, but let me real quick. Number one is Jefferson County. Number two is Mobile County. Number three is Montgomery County. And then they start in alphabetical order. Okay, so like Baldwin County is right there in the first numbers. Uh, I, I'm very much more familiar with North Alabama because I lived in North Alabama for a while. So Scottsboro, which is Jackson County, is 39. You've got, let's see, Morgan County is 52, which is, I actually had a, a great lunch, and he actually bought my lunch yesterday. The great Steve Bowers, the native of Decatur, Alabama, that would be Morgan County, and that's 52 in Alabama. Limestone County, Athens is 44, and I think Colbert County is 28. That is over there in Muscle Shoals area, 28. I think I'm lying. Lauderdale County, uh, okay, I'm getting a little, maybe I should shut up. I do know Tuscaloosa 63. If you ever see a 63 Alabama tag, you can say roll tide, or maybe for more, more fun, you should say war eagle. <laughs> but yes, Alabama gas prices need to come down a little bit more, and that would make a lot of people happier this time of year. How about a boy in blue gone bad? Well, that's what's happened in the bluff city of Memphis, Shelby County, Tennessee, to be exact. And a former Memphis police officer is now facing federal charges of providing civilians with a badge and other police equipment so that they could pretend to be law enforcement officers during robberies. What is going on? Former Memphis Police Department officer Sam Blue has now been charged with criminal civil rights violations, including robbery and kidnapping for crimes that took place from January 2014 through mid-July of this year. Prosecutors say the violations included taking property from people suspected to be possessing drugs or drug money by using force, violence, and intimidation. Bad, bad boy in blue. Former Memphis Police Department. Officer, that's good news there. But yeah, giving their badge away and using it in awful situations there in the Bluff City. To the Pelican State we go, and we told you how this past weekend in Louisiana they had their election statewide where they elected a new Secretary of State. No congressional race, no Senate race this year in the Pelican State, but they had a lot of parish elections and local elections going on. And in Melville, Louisiana, a police chief candidate there has now been accused of hitting an officer 
after losing Saturday's election. Cleveland Clark is free on bond after he was arrested Saturday night, and Clark is accused of kicking a Melville police officer's car as he rode past his daughter's home with sirens on in celebration of Chief Anthony Moreau's re-election. Clark also allegedly hit the officer in the face. Clark denies touching the officer. He says Moreau and police were harassing his family by parading nearby. Chief Anthony Moreau says they didn't know where Clark was and that parading when the incumbent chief wins has been a local tradition there since the 1980s. Louisiana's Secretary of State's office says Clark lost to Monroe 164 to 171. A very close race there between Clark and Moreau in Melville, Louisiana. Melville, by the way, has a population of right over 1,000, and it's about 130 miles northwest of New Orleans, Louisiana. Kind of getting into Cajun country when you're in Melville, Louisiana. But yeah, they take their police chief's race there quite seriously, and unfortunately, Perhaps a little too serious this past Saturday night. Saturday night in Louisiana. Louisiana Saturday night. Where's Mel McDaniel when you need him? In Lexington, Kentucky, police there on Monday announced dozens of shoplifting arrests as part of what they call, I love this name, Operation Fa-La-La Larceny. Operation Fa-La-La Larceny. (laughs) Police said the arrests were part of a joint operation with the Kentucky Organized Retail Crime Association, and this happened between December 3rd and 6th and focused on the Nicholasville Road retail centers. Police said 53 people were charged and more than $8,000 in stolen goods were recovered from Operation Fa-la-la-la larceny. And officials said jewelry, clothing, cosmetics, alcohol, and more were among the items recovered. Police said they made 47 arrests there in Lexington, Kentucky, and issued 10 criminal citations and served seven arrest warrants as part of the operation. I love it. Christmas should bring out the good in a lot of people, but as we see here on the outskirts of Lexington, Kentucky, it brings out thugs. It brings out bad people. And in addition to theft by unlawful taking or shoplifting charges, several of those arrested also were accused of possession of a controlled substance. Hey, that's so surprising. I would never have guessed that. Theft by deception and possession of burglary tools. So they knew what they were doing when they went in and stole from these Lexington, Kentucky retail establishments. And I'm looking at mug shots of a bunch of them. And they look they look rough. And they'll be spending Christmas perhaps behind bars in the bluegrass. Now moving on to a terrible story coming from Little Rock, Arkansas. Luckily the person did not die. But a medical student there has now been awarded... $3 million after a, after a mall escalator mangled her toe. And this happened to 27-year-old Aisha Sidiquai. And now the, the verdict has come down, and she's being awarded $3 million. She was an aspiring surgeon and was Christmas shopping at Park Plaza Mall years ago when her boot got caught in an escalator, and it ripped off her big toe. I've always been scared of escalators. It goes back to when I was a youngster. The first escalator I ever took was actually at the Smithsonian Institute in Washington, D.C. The family, my parents, my brothers, we went up there in uh, Rednecks in D.C. I know, I know. I should have been a little bit more accustomed to the big city, but I wasn't. And as of, I think I was around five years old, I'll never forget, I freaked out the first time I ever 
encountered an escalator and it took a security officer there at the Smithsonian to coerce me to go along and ride the thing. I don't remember if I was going up or down, but if you really stop and think about it, they're kind of creepy. They really are. And what's really creepy is that when you get to the end, not getting off and the momentum that you have on those things. So I feel sorry for Aisha, the 27 year old who had her big toe ripped off in an escalator at the Park Plaza Mall in Little Rock, Arkansas, and now getting $3 million in this jury's verdict this week as they awarded it to her. And just a terrible thing there. Something else to be scared about when you go to a mall. In addition to shootings and and thieves running around, you got to worry about those darn escalators. A South Carolina man in Somerville, South Carolina, has been accused of setting his neighbor's home and his Christmas decor on fire. Cameron Lewis Bond, a 29-year-old there in Flower Town, also known as Somerville, was arrested over the weekend and charged with arson. And Somerville police responded to reports of someone lighting several neighbors' personal property on fire. And they say that Bond was detained for setting fire to Christmas ornaments and igniting a decoration of a snowman at another home. And the police in Somerville and the fire department also responded and fought a house fire believed to have been started by Bond. A police report says Bond is also accused of breaking into a garage of another home and trying to set it on fire. That's not very Christmassy right there in Somerville. Beautiful place. We just talked about it. Somerville, South Carolina, about 30 miles north of Charleston, is one of your top 17 places to live in in the southeast U.S., according, not to me, according to Southern Living Magazine. So take that one to the bank if you want. Now, here's a really fun good feel-good story for the holidays. Three mayors have been donated to boost the Chincoteague pony population in Chincoteague, Virginia. That is a barrier island right around the Chesapeake in Virginia. An awesome story. You might remember, we've told you before on the show, how these ponies swim. I think one day a year they have this swim there near the Atlantic Ocean, and it's a beautiful sight when they have the Chincoteague Island pony swim in July of each year. And they swim across the Assateague Channel during this tradition that happens there. Well, these Chincoteague ponies have now come back to their ancestral Virginia island to help boost the Chincoteague ponies herd and their population. And that's a cool thing. Luckily, I think they were spared some of the bad weather that happened with the hurricanes that came through. But this will add more horses, hopefully, to this great Southern horse tradition, Chincoteague ponies, beautiful creatures there in Virginia. Now, one more animal story, but not quite as fun. In Texas, firefighters have rescued more than 100 snakes from a home in Conroe, Texas, a home that caught fire over the weekend. Fire department officials in Conroe say a Christmas tree may have sparked the blaze in that town. And this happened, Conroe's about 40 miles north of Houston. And when the firefighters arrived at the home. They discovered a second floor bedroom full of snakes and lizards and firefighters and other responders carefully brought the snakes outside to safety. Though authorities say a couple of lizards died in the fire. The homeowners were not at the house at the time of the fire. That's good news. But sure enough, I see a picture of a firefighter coming out with a big old snake. 
and I'm thinking, you got to be crazy. Mm. I believe we'd have had barbecued snake if I were a firefighter in Conroe on that call. Well, that's a look at what's going on. We are not done with headlines, though. When we come back after the break, we're going to have some political headlines to go over, including what's going on in North Carolina, plus the acting attorney general of the United States made a headline when he was in Music City last week. And we'll tell you why and what is going on in Nashville when we come back with our political spotlight of the Y'all Show. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Hey guys, good news. The outrageously expensive little blue pill is now generic, which means you can get the prescription medication to treat ED at affordable prices. And Hems makes it extra affordable. Right now, get your first month supply for free. All you pay is just $5 for your medical consultation when you go to 4hems.com slash today. After that, it's just 30 bucks for a month's supply. Sure beats paying big bucks for just one blue pill, doesn't it? Plus, you won't need an awkward in-person doctor's appointment to get the prescription. Hims has doctors online who can prescribe the medication, and a pharmacy sends it right to your door. It's affordable, private, and incredibly easy. Nobody likes dealing with ED. Now, thanks to Hims, nobody has to. And that's really good news. To get your first order for just five bucks, you need to go to this exclusive address, forhims.com slash today. That's forhims.com slash today for your first month for just five bucks. Forhims.com slash today. See website for full details. Not all services through the Hims platform are available in all 50 states. Gold Bond salutes all you fixers out there. Fixers of wobbly chairs, squeaky stairs, and drippy faucets. Folks who can fix just about anything, except dry, cracked hands. Whoa, that's bad. Man. Say hello to Gold Bond Cracked Skin Cream. More than a lotion. It precisely fills, soothes, and protects rough, cracked fingers and knuckles. 91% said cracked skin felt smoother in one day. Yep, feeling good. Gold Bond Cracked Skin Cream. Find it at First Aid at Walgreens. Back into the Y'all Show with John Rawl, 803-816-1170 is our text line. Would love to hear from you guys here. And an early Merry Christmas to all y'all. Well, it's coming. It really is coming, folks. And it'll be here before you know it. No, no. I'm not talking about Christmas. And I'm not talking about New Year's. I'm not talking about Boxing Day for our Canadian audience. 
I'm talking about the end of election 2018. It actually continues. I thought it was over when Georgia had a special election. I thought it was over when Mississippi kept Cindy Smith as a senator. I thought it was over last Saturday when Louisiana had their elections and they elected a new secretary of state. No, 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 no. It continues at least in North Carolina as that congressional district that has been in the news for the wrong reasons. They do not have a winner yet of the 9th Congressional District. And that's because the head of the North Carolina Elections Board is suggesting more time may be needed to decide whether a new Congressional District election is necessary due to absentee ballot fraud allegations. And these allegations seem to be growing stronger and stronger as a county there in that district. It looks like some bad things may have happened there. Uh, The chairman of this commission wrote to state judges yesterday saying those subpoenaed in the 9th Congressional District case have said they need more time to produce additional records. The board already planned an evidentiary hearing on the district race on or before the 21st of December. The schedule is important because a new session of Congress in Washington, D.C., that is, not in Raleigh, begins on January 3rd. Unofficial results from this congressional race in North Carolina show Republican Mark Harris leading Democrat Dan McCready by 905 votes. But at the end of November, the board delayed certifying the results from this race due to alleged absentee balloting irregularities, and board investigators have been investing, investigating activities in Bladen and Robinson counties, which are part of the 9th District. Now, I've got some news coming to you from Bladen County, and that seems to be where some of these misgivings and misdeeds may have happened. From Bladen County, North Carolina, the vice chairman of the Bladen County Board of Elections has resigned amid the state's ongoing probe of the results of North Carolina's 9th Congressional District. That's not surprising. Jens Lutz, a Democrat with at least one business tie in recent years to the local man at the center of the state's probe, told the state elections director last week that things have gotten way out of hand and that his resignation was immediate. Lutz did not go into specifics, and so we already have someone falling on a sword. This was a Democrat, though, in Bladen County. So more to come from North Carolina's 9th Congressional District in a race that just will not die. Well, President Donald Trump has already appointed the Attorney General during the George H.W. Bush years to be put before Congress and perhaps be confirmed as the next Attorney General to take over for Jeff Sessions. But right now, Matthew Whitaker is the acting U.S. Attorney General, and he was actually in Nashville last week speaking about the ongoing efforts to combat the opioid crisis And he says that Nashville will serve as the southern hub for the Appalachian Regional Prescription Strike Force. In 2017 alone, some 70,000 Americans died from overdoses, the highest drug-related death toll in American history. And according to the acting U.S. Attorney General Matthew Whitaker, more people died this year than last year from drug overdoses than in car crashes. And he called the opioid crisis the deadliest drug crisis in American history. And President Trump and Whitaker are trying to do something to put a stop to it. A wall would certainly help, but it's going to take more than that. And as I said, they were trying to get this strike force created in the capital of Tennessee. 
And I've got some audio of Whitaker speaking last week. And let's go in and hear from the acting U.S. Attorney General Matthew Whitaker talking about the Appalachian Regional Prescription Strike Force. Today we are facing the deadliest drug crisis in American history. Last year, 70,000 Americans lost their lives to drug overdoses. That is the highest drug death toll in American history by far. It's the equivalent of the population of Jackson, Tennessee, being dead all in the course of one year. More Americans have died of drug overdoses this last year than in car crashes. Despite rising prosperity and better technology, life expectancy in the United States has actually declined, we found out, the last three years in a row, largely because of the opioid epidemic. The last time life expectancy declined three straight years in this country was a century ago in the middle of World War I together with the flu epidemic. This is not acceptable. The overdose deaths don't tell the whole story. Millions of Americans are living with the painful consequences of a family member's addiction or the addiction of their own. I personally know people whose families have been impacted by drug addiction. We all do. Appalachia has been especially hard hit by addiction and opioid fraud. Some of the first pill mills in America were started in southern Ohio, Kentucky, and West Virginia. And the first day this Appalachian communities still have tragically, and to this day, these Appalachian communities have tragically high rates of addiction and overdose. Here in Tennessee, drug overdose deaths have gone up by about 50% since 2013 and reached record highs. Here in the Nashville area, the increase has been even bigger, an 88% increase since 2013. In 2017, Davidson County was second in the state for overdose deaths. The vast majority of these overdose deaths are from opioids. Heroin deaths have increased more than five-fold in the Nashville region since 2013. This is a daunting situation. Your work has never been more difficult, but it has never been more important. The Trump administration has your back in these efforts. The president has laid out a comprehensive plan to end this crisis. The president's plan includes three parts, prevention, enforcement, and treatment. President Trump has improved our prevention efforts by launching a coordinated national awareness campaign about the dangers, the dangers of opioid abuse. And he is a strong supporter of law enforcement as well. Under his leadership, the department has put a special focus on fighting the, the, de the deadliest drug today, synthetic opioids like fentanyl. These drugs are so powerful that it takes the equivalent of a pinch of salt to be deadly. Not only are they powerful, but they are also too easy to get. You can go online and have them shipped right to your door. And I've seen the mail facilities, which this international mail is coming through, and it is frightening the capacity for them to receive mail, the amount of mail they receive and have to process so quickly with all these deadly drugs coming into our country internationally. The man speaking there, your acting U.S. Attorney General Matthew Whitaker speaking in Nashville the other day as they're setting up this Appalachian Regional Prescription Strike Force. And wouldn't it be incredible if we never lost one more person to a drug overdose? And again, in 2017 alone, 
around 70,000 people died from overdoses. That's just horrible. And that's self-inflicted, in my opinion. We've got to do better. And let's stop it. Let's put an end to it. Too many families are broken and shattered forever by drugs. And we can we can stop that. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we'll start off Hour 2 with our sports lanyap. We've got Oklahoma and Texas football to talk about. We'll also, in Hour 2, have Matt Herman's Barrister of Bodacious Barbecue to talk Christmas hams with us. Can't wait for that. He's going to tell us the secrets, and I love me some good ham, especially if it's got like a little brown sugar on it. <laughs> hey, I can't help it. I love it. It's good stuff. And, and maple, too. Don't leave out maple, honey. Ham. We'll have all that coming up. I can't wait as the Y'all Show continues on this Tuesday. Stay with us. Purpose and L works when you have a cold sore and works when you don't. If you haven't tried this for cold sores, you're missing out. Purpose and L penetrates deep to treat cold sores. It really works. I apply it as soon as I have one. Purpose and L also protects against certain triggers caused by the sun and cold with added SPF 30 protection. I use it in the winter and in the summer to help protect against flare-ups from sun damage. Purpose and L works when you have a cold sore, works when you don't. Use as directed. Gold Bond salutes all you fixers out there. Fixers of wobbly chairs, squeaky stairs, and drippy faucets. Folks who can fix just about anything, except dry cracked hands. Whoa, that's bad. Man. Say hello to Gold Bond Cracked Skin Cream. More than a lotion, it precisely fills, soothes, and protects rough cracked fingers and knuckles. 91% said cracked skin felt smoother in one day. Yep, feeling good. Gold Bond Cracked Skin Cream. Find it in First Aid at CVS. Welcome, 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 friends, to the Y'all Show. Talk with a southern accent on stations across Dixie. John Rawl, J-O-N-R-A-W-L. Rawl's the name, talking y'all is the game. And we're glad that you've taken a little time out of your day to listen to this all-southern show. We've got Matt Hermans, barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, standing by for an awesome report on southern barbecue and more. And our sources indicate that he's got Christmas hams as the topic of discussion this week. Yes, putting that ham that you get at those stores that we all know by name, or perhaps you go down to the local grocer and pick you out a delicious hamber. Hey, if you're lucky, and this this happens a lot of times, especially if you own a business, people bring you hams at Christmas time, and they're free. Well, they're a gift. I guess you buy you buy that ham. Really, deep down, you you probably bought a thousand hams in some cases, but a lot of people do bring hams at Christmas time. They, they are great Christmas gifts, okay? So again, before we get out of here today, I'm going to share my address and all of you can send me a ham. And I'm not Jewish, so I'll be happy to eat that ham. But anyway, and we love our, our Jewish listeners, and I, I'm sure there's some folks out there who don't have a problem having ham, even if the faith may not say that it's okay, they still do it. Because if you haven't ever had a ham, it's good stuff. Very good stuff. And Matt Hermans is going to tell us just how good and some of the tricks of the trade when he comes by later in the show. Now on the Y'all Show with John Rawl, where we love food and we love football too, 
We're going to have a little sports lanyap here on this Tuesday edition of the program. And we're going to start off with a little football update because it's very easy to focus on the college football playoff with the four teams that are going to be in that, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Oklahoma. And I'm going to talk about the Sooners in more detail momentarily. We know those four are off to potentially win a national championship. So congrats to those four. Go get her. Get her done, as Larry the Cable Guy would say. I want to talk about some teams that are in the rankings, both CFP and or Associated Press, that really need to be, before we forget about them, before bowl games come, that really need to have our proper respect and salute because they did a great job this year. Okay? And UCF, I'm looking at you. UCF finished at number seven in the latest AP Top 25, the final so-called regular season poll. The Knights check in at number seven. They are number eight in the college football playoff rankings. So a great job by Coach Heupel. In his first year, UCF 12-0. Now, LSU fans want to put a little one in the column, in the loss column, that is, when those two teams get together in the Fiesta Bowl right around New Year's. But UCF, let's not forget, a great season. Another another great season. They haven't lost a game in two, three years now. They didn't lose a game all of 2017. And now, 2018 undefeated with a new coach in his first year great job ucf now moving down and of course you have your florida gators dan mullen he's got a team in the top 10 in the college football playoff not bad in his first year let's let's not leave old dan out but i don't really want to talk about sec too much or acc here in our sports land yet those are teams we can talk about more on thursday if you're in the sec if you're in the acc we'd love to brag on you on wednesdays Tuesdays are for everybody else. That's why we call it the sports lane yet. So LSU, yeah, you checked in at 11. Good for you. Good job. Kentucky, hey, we should talk about you on Thursday, but we'll go ahead and give you a little love here. Kentucky, 9-3, and three, a great season for Coach Stoops. And, yeah, they blew a game or two, but, hey, for Kentucky to potentially win 10 games as they will if they win their bowl game, what a what an awesome season. Now, Texas comes in at number 15 in the college football playoff rankings, and they're going to go play in the Sugar Bowl against the Georgia Bulldogs. Wonderful job by Tom Herman in only, what, third year in Texas? And some people would say that he is ahead of the curve in Austin. Nine and four, Texas. And this team could have spiraled way out of control. Remember, they lost in their first game against Maryland. Second year in a row, they've lost to Maryland. And here they are. Top 15, a chance to beat an SEC team in the Sugar Bowl. Watch out for Texas. Now, West Virginia, a team that beat Texas in Austin. West Virginia, Coach Holgerson, great year. Eight and three in Morgantown. And uh, just another, uh, a team that's just that close. They, they could have played in the Big 12 championship game had they beaten Oklahoma at home. But they, they didn't, they weren't the best team that night when they lost. Mississippi State checks in at 18, Texas A&M 19, and Missouri, Tigers 23, again, SEC. We don't want to give them all that much love here on the Tuesday. That love will come Thursday. I want to talk about some teams that just missed out in the top 25 that need a little attaboy or girl on this Sportsland Yap feature. And then 
one team would be, I know ACC, but still pretty good season for NC State. They they are just below the rankings. But how about Appalachian State? The winners of the Sun Belt Conference got 19 votes in the final AP Top 25 regular season poll. Not the final final. That comes after the national championship. But still, App State getting votes. UAB got four votes in this poll. The Blazers. You take away the loss to Coastal Carolina. I don't know how they lost that game early in the season in Conway. They lost that one. Then they lost a game to MTSU in the final regular season game. Had they won that game, they would have hosted the Conference USA Championship in Birmingham. But no, they had to go right back to Murfreesboro for the championship game of that conference. And they won that, and they won the CUSA Championship. This is a team that didn't even exist two years ago. Remember, they shut down the program. I would say they shut it down for the right reasons. They didn't have the support. They didn't deserve a football team, frankly. That's how I feel. I'm a guy who, if you're going to try to play big boy football, well, you need to have the big boy support of fans. you you got to have fans. UAB is one of many programs out there that they just don't have fans. And there's a lot of teams that are in that same category. Go look at just about any Sunbelt game, any Conference USA game, and some other teams, maybe in conferences like SEC Vanderbilt, perhaps you could say. And they can't fill 20,000 seats with fans. And UAB was one of those teams that, that there were FCS teams that did better on a regular basis with support than the Blazers. But for whatever reason, the, the, the Blazers have come to life and they are getting fans to Legion Field. Not just this year. They did a pretty good job last year in their resurrection. So I'm not going to pick on UAB anymore for fan support. They're, they're doing well, and winning will make that support grow even more. But UAB getting four votes, and they weren't the only other team in Alabama getting votes in the AP poll. But do you know who the other team was? No? It wasn't War Eagle. Auburn? Nope, 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 not Auburn. The Troy Trojans got one vote in the last regular season poll. And Troy... A good season. They missed out on the Sunbelt Championship. Troy, I don't know what to make of their fan support. They've had great support in some years, and some years it's really fallen off. I still hearken back to the day when Troy first emerged as an FBS team. Remember the stadium they played in? A stadium they still play in, but I'll never forget the name because it's really a sad statement of how we've devolved as a society. Troy Stadium, when they first started playing big boy football, and this will bring back memories, a name in the South that was big time, but has gone bye-bye. Movie Gallery Stadium, a rival to Blockbuster back in the good old days of the 90s and early 2000s, when we went and the highlight of our Friday night would be to go get a pizza and go buy the VHS store or go get a DVD and rent it for the weekend. Was that not an awesome thing? And a lot of your stores would offer deals where you could get two and three. If you got two or three, you got an extra one thrown into. And just the pre-Netflix days, the pre-streaming days, that was a, a, a pastime. And I remember hearing recently there's only one blockbuster 
store left in all of the United States. I think it's in Oregon, the one that's open. I don't think there's any movie galleries left. That was a chain based out of Dothan, Alabama. That's where they were from. And near Dothan is Troy, and that's why it was Movie Gallery Stadium. I don't even know what it's called now. I know it's Larry Blakeney Field, the former coach of Troy State, now Trojans of Troy, Troy Trojans. But, yeah, Troy, good job getting one vote, more than Auburn. So you can go to all your Auburn fans if you're a Trojan fan and say, how about them Trojans instead of Eagle War? (laughs) But so we want to give love to all those programs out there. And now to the Human Resources Division of our sports land. Yep. And K-State has a new head coach, it appears, that they've gone to North Dakota State, the Bison, and their great coach they have there, Chris Kleeman, I believe is how his name is pronounced. And he has gone 67-6 and with three FCS national championships at North Dakota State. And he's going to succeed Bill Snyder, who retired earlier this month. And an amazing coach there. Now, remember, the previous head coach at North Dakota State jumped ship from there and went to Wyoming, where I think he's done an okay job, maybe not quite as good as Cowboys fans would like to have. But, yes, I look for K-State to keep their tradition of doing well in football going forward here and this new hire as they hire the NDSU Bisons head coach, Chris Clayman to be their next head coach in Manhattan, Kansas. Now, East Carolina last week went to another FCS program that's been a dynasty in the last two years at least, and ECU has hired the head coach of James Madison, Mike Houston, a former head coach at the Citadel, and did an awesome job leading that team to a Southern Conference co-championship in 2015, then went to Harrisonburg, Virginia, and did a wonderful job at JMU, led them to a national championship in the year 2016 in his first year in coaching at JMU, James Madison University. And now he leaves the Dukes and returns to his native state of North Carolina, where he'll take over a struggling East Carolina pirate program. And I look for big things from Mike Houston, head coach now of ECU. And I look for big things from Mike Houston, the new head coach of East Carolina in Greenville, North Carolina. Congrats to Mike Houston. I had a chance to talk to him a few times during his time in Charleston and, again, did wonders with the Bulldogs and then with the Dukes. And now he'll be taking over an ECU program. Somebody actually was kidding around over the Internet the other day and said, if Mike Houston keeps up this pace, he'll go from, let's see, Lenore Ryan, which is a Division II school, I think, to the Citadel, to James Madison, to East Carolina, all winners at every stop. All big-time winning, by the way, to East Carolina. Look for him to be at an FBS school on a, a Power 5 program in the next two years, frankly. I think he'll he'll do such a good job in Greenville that he'll be coaching SEC or ACC program in said ACC or SEC program in another two years. And somebody said, give him about four more years and he'll be coaching the Carolina Panthers. It wouldn't surprise me. The, the native of Franklin, North Carolina, Lovely little spot in the western North Carolina mountains. Mike Houston, congrats there. Now to the coordinator ranks in college football. and The Auburn Tigers have hired Memphis coordinator Kenny Dillingham as their offensive coordinator. And Dillingham is only 29 years old, and he replaces Chip Lindsey, 
who recently left the Plains to become offensive coordinator at Kansas under the Jayhawks' new head coach, Les Miles. And Auburn head coach Gus Malzahn will be the team's primary offensive playmaker in the year 2019, although both Dillingham and co-offensive coordinator Cody Burns will be involved in the offensive scheme that Gus Malzahn runs there, that bizarre system where they have those crazy flash guards and they're having that hurry-up type offense. Dillingham has spent the past three seasons coaching the Memphis Tigers as an offensive coordinator and was elevated to that position this year after Daryl Dickey left Memphis for Texas A&M. Dillingham also has coached quarterbacks and tight ends under head coach Mike Norvell for the U of M Tigers. So leaving the Bluff City and heading to the Plains of Auburn to be offensive coordinator, although not really, as we just told you, Gus Malzahn will the Gus bus will have his hand big time on playmaking on the Plains. Some names that came up in this search for an offensive coordinator for Auburn were Ole Miss, former Ole Miss coach Hugh Freeze, who recently took a job over the weekend as the head coach of the Liberty Flames, and South Carolina running backs coach Bobby Bentley also in the mix for this coordinator position. You might remember Bentley and his son Jake. Jake actually graduated high school a year early in the Auburn area. I don't know if he went to Auburn or Opelika, but his dad was a coach in that area, I think, for Auburn in the previous administration, I think. And now Bentley and in Columbia, not coaching his son. He's the running backs coach. But it is really weird because you'll see photos of the Bentleys together kind of in meetings and such. And very strange to see a father and a son on the same team. And in this case, Bobby Bentley, not the head coach, just an assistant coach. But this isn't all that strange, but oftentimes coaches send their kids away from them when they get to the level of playing. I'm I'm thinking of Mike Shula, who was a quarterback for the University of Alabama, of course, the son of Don Shula, the great Miami Dolphins head coach. Of course, you got to go to college. His dad was an NFL coach, but a lot of times coaches will send their kids somewhere else to play. Just It's got to be tough. It's got to be a distraction for the coach and the player. But everybody's different, and in some cases it works, and perhaps it works really well. I don't know how the young son, Jake, does academically at the University of South Carolina. Like we said, he got out of high school a whole year early, so you know he must have some smarts about him, and perhaps he's going to graduate early. And, hey, with the way these transfers happen these days, it could be a very bright future ahead for him. But that personnel decision there – as a Memphis Tiger assistant, now goes to the SEC to be alongside the Gus bus. And one other little college football note to pass along that really is more of a musical note, pun intended, but Grammy Award winners Imagine Dragons will be the halftime entertainment at the college football playoff championship game on January 7th from Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara, California. And the CFP will feature a Super Bowl-type halftime performance for the TV audience and the school bands will still perform at halftime of this game. But ESPN and Interscope Records announced this performance by Imagine Dragons yesterday and it'll be an awesome performance if you like that kind of music. The band song Natural was used by ESPN as the theme song for much of the network's college football coverage and promotions and Imagine Dragons will perform several songs in the set. They better play you're a natural. I believe that's how that goes. Uh, they better play that during that college football national championship game. 
Last season, you might remember Kendrick Lamar performed at halftime of the college football playoff championship game in the ATL as Alabama and Georgia faced off in that game. But now in 2019, January 7th, 2019, at Levi's Stadium, Imagine Dragons, your halftime entertainers of the college football playoff championship game. And that's your sports land yap here on this Tuesday. Hope we got some goodies passed your way. When we come back, Matt Hearman's going to have plenty of goodies, and it'll be ham-infused. We'll have all that right ahead on The Y'all Show with John Rawl. Talk with a college football and a southern college football and a southern, just plain old southern accent. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. When I have a cold sore, I want something that works. Purpose and L penetrates deep to treat your cold sore. And it's enriched with lysine, vitamins, and lemon balm for soothing relief. But even when I don't have a cold sore, I still want something that protects against a flare-up. Purpose and L protects against certain triggers caused by the sun and cold, including flare-ups from sun damage with its added SPF 30 protection. So it treats and protects. Works for me. And me too. Purpose and L works when you have a cold sore, works when you don't. Use as directed. We got 24 tall boys on the chill. Yeah, 14 of them's mine. A little Marshall took her on the radio. You know, we just catch a little groove before the show. We ain't playing nothing slow at the parking lot party. A tailgate bus just a sipping on suds ain't never too early. To light one up, fill up your cup, cause I ain't no party like this is the y'all show talk with a southern accent and we're getting closer and closer to christmas and warning we're getting closer and closer to when you or someone you know or love may just need to help get that christmas meal together and are you scared are you a little confused do you do you need help we got Mr. Heppa here on the Y'all Show with John Rawl tuned up and coming at you right now as we have the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Hermans, joining us once again on the show just in time for our Christmas cooking tips. Hello, sir. Hey, John. How are you today? Fe- fellas Navidad to you, sir. Yeah, yeah, Philly's Navi Dad. It took me a second. I was like, well, <laughs> yeah, same, same to you. Right back at you. And I, w- I would say the Hawaiian deal, but I, f- I don't know how to pronounce that. Meli- Melikaliki Maka. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. I, I, know that from, I know that from Christmas vacation. That's the only reason I know that. Oh, well, I should know it, but I didn't. Maybe I'm not as smart as you. I didn't learn Hawaiian when I was coming up through school. Oh, you didn't? N- no, no, That's no. Weird. But yeah. 
I do love me a good Hawaiian pizza. That's maybe my favorite pizza. And guess what they serve on the Hawaiian pizza? They have ham on those bad boys, or in some cases, Canadian bacon, which I think is maybe the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. Okay. Uh, and I don't think they eat it in Canada either. I don't know. It's a very strange uh, pork item, but yeah, I think it's ham. And we're going to ham it up with you right now on the Y'all Show, Matt, because we talked turkey at Thanksgiving. We talked turducken on a recent y'all episode with you and ham's getting their feelings hurt ham wants us to give them some love so guess what is there maybe a better meat for christmas than ham i'm a big fan of ham okay uh, for christmas personally i mean i uh i guess christmas is kind of an open um Open, open season, season for yeah, it's kind of open season for different meats. Uh, there's no specific meat, I don't think, that people have on Christmas. But uh, you know, I feel like a ham. Uh, it wants to get in there on the holidays at some point. And if it can't make its, it can't do Thanksgiving, then it wants to do Christmas or maybe even New Year. Some people have a New Year's ham, I know. But uh, yeah, so in my opinion, ham's perfect for Christmas because, like we talked about at this point. I mean, honestly, I don't want to see another turkey until uh, about November, to be completely honest. So uh, it's time to switch meats and uh, switch meats drastically. So I, I think a ham in, in any one of its multiple forms uh, is great for Christmas. Yeah, so, absolutely. Are you trying to say it's time for all of us to transition, that we need to transition? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna use the form of that word that, uh, that, that made sense a couple years ago, uh, and we'll just leave it there. Yeah, we need to transition into different meats. Okay. I'm not sure that, could, that might be able to be taken in a different way. But, no, yeah, we need to transition uh, from one meat to another. Turkey to turducken, now to ham. I don't know yes, what, right. what a strange twist having turducken right there sandwiched between them. But, hey, we'll, we'll take it. That's why we have the barrister on. He lets us know all about this. Okay, Matt. I am sitting here knowing the clock's ticking. Christmas will be here any day, and I don't have a ham. So what what do I do? Well, you know, the great thing about the ham, there's a lot of great things about the ham, but the great, the, one of the best things about the ham is that nine times out of ten, uh, the ham you get, uh, whether it be just one of these kind of like cinder block-shaped uh, hams or a full bone-in ham. It could be a honey-baked ham. It could be a spiral-sliced ham. These are all cured meats. Uh, so what that means is basically what you're doing when you cook a ham, quote-unquote, is uh, you're warming it up. You're cooking it to the extent that it's as warm as you want it to be. Uh, you're cooking it to the extent that the outside of it maybe uh, crusts up the glaze the way you like it uh, or you have a texture on the outside of the ham uh, that you like, but it's already cooked. It's already cured. I shouldn't say cooked, but it's already cured. So it does not have to be. What is the difference? Cooked. What's the difference in cooking and curing? Yeah. So cooking is obviously we talk about cooking, use heat. You have to heat the meat up to a certain temperature that varies by the, the animal um, to a certain uh, temperature to make it edible uh, for the human stomach. Uh, curing is different. Curing, you use a, uh, you take a raw meat and uh, use a collection of different types of salt and typically a what we call a pink salt, which is a nitrate type salt. And it doesn't cook, uh, but it basically cures the meat to where it's edible. It kills all the bacteria in it, preserves it. And, and uh, it, it's not a cook, but it's they call it a cure because you're basically ridding it of any issues that you would have with raw meat. 
Um, and it changes the texture, it changes the flavor. That's why ham is salty because it's been salt cured. It's very similar to what happens to a country ham. Uh, so that's one of the things I was going to talk about. But when we talk about Christmas ham, we don't really think of a country ham, but that's uh, those things are the same. A country ham is smoked and cured. It's not heated up to a particular temperature. Hopefully that makes sense. It does. And we appreciate you having this incredible knowledge of country ham <laughs> and other types of ham. I want to know more about what makes something a Virginia baked ham. So go ahead and write that down answer that question at some point in this conversation but go ahead yeah. continue on sir we don't want to hold you back at all well i tell you what all i what i was going to do is kind of talk about the different types of ham because oh. uh, uh you know i kind of uh, spilled the beans a minute ago we got the country ham uh you got the spiral sliced ham on the bone uh, you've got the kind of block i don't even know what you call it it's kind of the uh football shaped uh ham product that comes out of a package uh, spam? no 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 we'll call that the uh, we'll call that the the brick ham um okay. and uh and go from there and then of course you have a fresh ham and i would say the fresh ham is a specialty meat uh most people do not cook a fresh ham this is a kind of uh, this is a fairly rare uh thing that barbecue uh, pit masters and people who love to smoke different types of meats like to do because a fresh ham is not cured it is a raw piece of of pork and you have to cook it long and low and slow up to a particular temperature um, to cook it. So um, that, that's probably something that most people won't be messing around with or won't see. Uh, but if you ever get a chance to, to have to taste a fresh ham or you have somebody who's going to cook it, um, you should give it a shot. It's a totally different type of flavor than a, than a cured ham. It is very, very porky. Uh, it's more similar to a, maybe a pork shoulder or a pork steak than it is a cured ham. But that's a pretty rare treat. Those are even hard to find, but certain parts of the country, certain times of the year, people will mess around with fresh ham. But and Dr. Hermans, can I call timeout for a second, sir? Absolutely. Okay, timeout. GG ref, timeout. Okay, for those of us who are meat challenged, what is ham on a pig? Where do you find the ham? It is the, um, so this is kind of funny. The, uh, well, we talk about pork butt. We've certainly talked about pork butt for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. Pork butt is actually the shoulder of the pig, and the ham is actually the butt. So <laughs> the, the ham, it's hey. I say it's the butt. It is that meaty upper upper leg area where the top of the, the back leg on a pig hits the rump. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of the, mm, the upper thigh gluteus area of the pig. So the ham is the butt. And the shoulder, the butt is the shoulder. And who's on first, what's on second? We've been for a while. So I've been eating butt all these years and had no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good, right? Uh, no comment. <laughs> yeah, so so that's, uh, we could, we could, uh, we could talk a little. You're going to make a vegan out of us yet, Matt, I'll tell you. Hey, all this stuff makes me hungry. I must be a weird dude. I start talking about all this meat, and I'm, I just want to go out and eat all of it. But, all right. Uh, so ham, is it called, if you look at the anatomy of a pig, do they call the area where you're talking about ham? Yeah, so the ham, if you look at, you know those little drawings where the, the yeah. pig is sliced up? Yeah, it would show the ham towards okay. the back part of the of the pig. Um, it is called a ham. It is called a ham, even if it's not cooked. That's just, yeah. that's the part of the okay. thing, yeah. Make yeah. Sense. So anyway, we could talk about fresh hams and we've kind of already gone over big meats like brisket and shoulder and stuff like that. And most people honestly are not going to mess with one of these. So if we're going to be complete, 
on our ham extravaganza, we need to talk about the other types of hams. Um, and I would say the country ham is another thing, especially on the kind of the east east coast, the eastern portion of the South, probably the uh, uh, the areas that are known for country ham, Virginia, uh, that kind of area in there. And you mentioned a Virginia baked ham before, but uh, as far as that goes, Virginia, as far as I know, a Virginia ham is 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 something is a ham from Virginia. Now, if you talk about a baked ham or something like that, um, it's a specific set of seasonings. It doesn't really it's not a particular method of cooking. It's mm-hmm. not a particular type of pig. It is kind of a, uh, it's just a particular type of type of meat that it's a cured ham. And generally it comes from Virginia. There's some famous names like Smithfield and, yeah. uh, and other places like that, that in Virginia and that area that specialize in doing hams that way. Now they do, there is such thing as a country ham. Uh, and then you talk about like Virginia baked ham, which is just kind of a cured ham, but, uh, country ham is particularly a uh, specific kind of, of ham but because it is, uh, like I say, it's it's cured, but it's open air. Generally, it's open air cured and smoked, uh, which means it is not uh, – it is salted uh, and it is smoked slowly. It is not heated, kind of like we talked about before, to where the salt and the smoke and the air drying kind of creates this particular uh, flavor profile of a country ham, which is very distinctive. And, uh, you know, again, a country ham is probably not something people think about uh, eating, sitting down and eating uh, for Christmas. Generally, if you have country ham. It's for breakfast. It's, uh, yeah, I would say it's for breakfast. It's, it's, it's seared in a skillet. You kind of got the edges crispy and stuff like that. It's very salty. It has a particular kind of mm, acidic uh, kind of flavor to it. In other words, you can tell it's been cured. You can tell it's been aged. It has a very particular t- flavor. I love it. I think it's a powerful flavor. I like it with other things. Uh, but I think even somebody who loves a country ham would be hard-pressed to sit down and eat a eat a pound of it, you know, for, for, for Christmas. Um, now, but, yeah, great. Can, can I share something? You talk about the East yeah. Coast. And Please. Country ham is a big part of uh, the Carolinas for sure. And one of the great Christmas memories and traditions that we have from South Carolina is we do eat country ham, but not for not for lunch or supper. We have a big breakfast right. And we have country ham alongside grits and red-eye gravy. And yeah. there's few things better than country ham and grits with red-eye gravy poured all over it. Woo! Yeah, that's that sounds pretty awesome. I, I love grits and I love uh, country ham and I love red-eye gravy as well. And I bet all that mixes up into oh. something awesome. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah, so, yeah Merry Christmas. Yeah, sounds good. Again, I'm see, I'm making myself hungry. So, yeah, that's the... Uh, that's the country here for all the people in that part of the southern United States. They're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. But again, yeah, breakfast, skillet, uh, things like that. You don't really, I don't really think about it as a as a Christmas dinner type deal with gravy or something, it, unless it's red eye. But all right, Matt, 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 I got to call another timeout. Go ahead. All right, but this time I'm calling timeout because we got to go to break. And when we come back, we will continue talking with the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue about ham. Oh, and we got to talk to him about the Heisman Trophy too. This is the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent. Gold Bond salutes all you fixers out there. Fixers of wobbly chairs, squeaky stairs, and drippy faucets. Folks who can fix just about anything, except dry, cracked hands. Whoa, that's bad. Man. 
Say hello to Gold Mod Crack Skin Cream. More than a lotion, it precisely fills, soothes, and protects rough, cracked fingers and knuckles. 91% said cracked skin felt smoother in one day. Yep, feeling good. Gold Mod Crack Skin Cream. Find it at First Aid at Walgreens. Sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight. We're happy tonight. Walking in a winter wonderland. Gone away is the bluebird here to stay. And welcome back to the Y'all Show. Talk with the Southern Accent here on this Tuesday. As we work our way to Christmas, we've got food on our mind. <laughs> hey, we got food on our mind all the time here on this show. And probably if you're listening to us, you got it beyond this show, the other 22 hours of the day that you don't have the y'all show blaring from your radio. We hope that's the case. That makes you more Southern if you're thinking about food. But we have Matt Hermans, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, join us each week to tell us about his unique take on barbecuing and other types of Southern meat. And as we have Christmas firmly planted on our mind, as a couple of days away, we'll be having that great holiday. Well, ham is a big part of the Christmas celebration for many. And Matt, we've already talked about country ham, and we've talked a little bit about Virginia ham, Virginia baked ham. And uh, what else you got to ham it up with us here today, sir? Yeah, yeah. So I saved uh, the most, most, I would say this, I would say, and you, you can feel free to disagree if you want. But I think most of the time when people think about eating a ham for Christmas, it's a spiral sliced ham off a bone. Um, it could be, there's any number of national chains that, uh, that do these, um, all they're essentially all they're doing is adding a particular kind of crust to the outside of the ham. And that's for people who love that type of ham. And I, I tend to love it. I like the, the spiral sliced ham. They, the best part is the candy kind of uh, spicy crunch on the outside of it. So you got honey baked ham, you got honey bee ham, you got honey this ham, honey that ham, and they're all fantastic. And I think that's that's probably the most common uh, type of ham that that we eat uh, around Christmas time. But here's the cool thing: you don't have to. If anybody's ever bought a, a full size, you know, giant. Spiral slice ham from one of these national retailers. They do a heck of a good job, but that's an expensive ham. I mean, that is, it, it's, it's a ton. It's very expensive uh, to do that. The cool thing is you can get a spiral sliced ham and do that crust yourself. And shocking to many, I'm sure I like to do it on the smoker. Ah, uh, you're right. I know this is a, this how is a surprising. Point. This is a plot twist that no one could have picked up on for sure. <laughs> but the, the cool thing is you can – a spiral-sized ham at your local uh, grocery store is is not is, – is cheap compared to – it's very low low price compared to a honey-baked ham or something like that that you're going to just pay a ton for. Is the, you can is the meat quality going to be the same? Honestly, it's it's the same thing. Uh, the places like Honey Baked and Honey Bee and all these other places – wonderful hams love them uh, but they get their they get their spiral sliced hams from the same people that will generally provide it to a grocery store the, the same thing. factory yeah pretty much i mean there's there's certain providers and they don't have their own particular farms or anything like that so the special again the special thing that they do is that particular kind of, uh, of glaze on the outside but here's the thing you can do that glaze yourself 
Ah. You can make you can make that glaze. You can make uh, you can put that crust on the outside of a spiral sliced ham. And honestly, if you like the if you like it even sweeter and even more crusty, or you like it a little spicy with your uh, you like a little heat with the sweet. You like a little, you like it more savory. Whatever you want to do, you can do that yourself. You just uh, you mix up your own kind of sugar-based rub. Um, we'll, I'll talk about that in a second. But you mix up your own rub, put it all over the ham, just coat it, you know, pack it in there, all over your spiral sliced ham, and then you cook it. You can do it in the oven. I like to do it on the smoker. Um, but you get that glaze all over there, and it'll melt into it. You let it cool off a little bit, and bingo. You've got your honey baked ham. You've got your honey bee ham, and it is fantastic. And you got um, your extra dineros too. And you got the money in your pocket to go get you some eggnog and some other stuff. <laughs> whatever you want to do, absolutely. How much time so, are we talking about putting a ham on the smoker compared to cooking that, barbecue? What are we talking about? Man, that's the cool thing too. A ham, like I said before, you're warming the ham up. The ham's already cooked. Ah. You get a you get a spiral sliced ham at the store. That thing's ready to go directly into your mouth. Uh, so all you're going to do is heat it up. It'll take, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out there. In other words, if I'm cooking it in the oven to warm it up, melt the glaze, or I'm putting it on the smoker, um, it's not going to take more than, uh, you know, an hour and a half or so to get that thing all the way to the bone warm. But I would do it on low heat. There's no reason to cook it at a high temperature. All you want to do is warm it up slowly all the way to the inside and get that glaze melted all over the ham and it's it's fantastic and i will tell you this if you've never done it and i say you know most people probably haven't uh if you do your own brown sugar rub and your glaze you put on the outside of this thing there's nothing better in my opinion than some some light hickory smoke and brown sugar or honey or uh, a combination of other type of sugars when that comes together it's caramelized. It's it's wonderful. It's one of the best things. It's the best flavor conversation uh, uh, combination I can I can really think of. So give that a shot if you want a ham and you don't want to spend eighty bucks at the honey bag. Get you a fire sliced ham. Put together your own sugar based rub. Put it on the smoker. Put it in the oven. It's fantastic. Nobody will ever know. All right, I got to call another timeout. All right. This is my last timeout, by the way. Third timeout. <laughs> Yeah, you already used that red flag earlier. I no. did, I did. Okay, <laughs> I'm calling time out to confess, Matt. Can I have a confessional here with you as we close out the year? Yeah, nobody else. No, listen. Everybody, stop listening. Okay, now we're good. Confess it to me. I am a ham cooking virgin. I've never cooked a ham before. All right. All right. Well, you know what? Uh, the great thing about ham is you know, even your first time will be wonderful. <laughs> well, I hope because so. It's very simple. <laughs> but, okay, so, yes, I have not cooked the ham. I don't own a smoker. Now, that would be a great stocking stuffer for you for to get me this year, Matt. Yeah, I don't have a smoker. Do. So you're telling me that if I have an oven, I can still have a darn good taste in ham. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. You can cook. You, absolutely. You can uh you can do just what I talked about, put it in your oven. In fact, most people probably will do it in the oven. Uh -huh. Just, uh, you know, add a little smoke to everything. That's kind of my deal. But, yeah, absolutely. Get you an oven, 300 degrees. Get your spiral sliced ham. Put together a little brown sugar, maybe some turbinado, some white sugar, a little bit of salt. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not going to mm -hmm. rattle off a word like that and not elaborate. Turbinado? <laughs> is that something? Yeah, really, what the heck really, is that? It's really not that fancy. It's basically uh, – it's uh, kind of like raw sugar, um, in, in, in it's in large 
chunks. It's in kind of like large spherical balls, and it's uh, compared to other types of sugar. It's just another type of sugar. So you got brown sugar, which is very heavy on molasses. Mm -hmm. Then you've got the uh, kind of that molasses flavor. Then you've got the white sugar, which is totally refined, which is just pure sweetness. Somewhere in the middle, you got the turbinado unrefined sugar. It's kind of a light brown. It kind of has a little bit of that deep, rich kind of sugar cane or molasses type flavor to it. So these are all great sugars, and they all get really, uh, they can all get really crunchy if you coat your hand with them and heat them up and then let it cool a little bit. Uh, fantastic. If you, if, a lot of people like just putting honey. People just will take a, a jar of honey yeah. and put that over the ham and heat it up, and it'll create its own little glaze. I tend to. Yeah, that's fantastic too. I tend to put together a little bit of a sugar rub, maybe just a hint, a little cayenne pepper in there to give a little bit of spice. And uh, there's all kinds of different things you can do. Uh, but yeah, you can glaze your own ham. It's fantastic. Professor Hermans, or should I say, Professor Hammans? <laughs> do you? I'll take you yeah. Is it okay to ask a question? Is are all questions okay? There's no such thing as a dumb question. Oh no, there are definitely dumb questions. All right, well, this may be a dumb question. My dumb, my possible dumb question is: Okay, if you go the oven cooking ham route, is there a way to get kind of a smoky taste with your ham? Yes, Uh, you can. You can. You can kind of. You can cheat a little bit. Uh, You've heard of liquid smoke, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you can, if you're, let's say you're going to glaze your spiral sliced ham. If you're going to mix up. A uh, kind of a, and there's all kinds of different recipes. You look up ham glaze, you just Google it real quick. I don't need to tell you how to make your own ham glaze. It's going to be butter, brown sugar, seasoning, blah, 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 blah. If you're going to mix up one of these kind of butter-based ham glazes, put a few shots of, of liquid smoke in there. Hickory or pecan is what I would recommend. Huh? No, not the whole bottle. A couple little squirts, though. Mix it in with your glaze. Put it on the ham. It'll give you kind of that... Uh, it won't be exactly the same, of course, but it'll give you a little bit of that deep, rich kind of smoke taste, which goes, again, really well with brown sugar if you've never done it. So, yeah, you can kind of uh, you can kind of uh, do a little end around there and use the liquid smoke um, as well. If you're mixing up uh, a honey-based rub, add a little bit in there as well, and uh, it'll be great. I, I've, I've uh, you know, sometimes the weather is terrible. You want to cook something. And if you really just got to have a little bit of that deep kind of rich smoke flavor, that'll that'll do in a pinch. You can do it that way. Man, that might go down as the best question asked on the show all year. I am so glad I had the hutzpah to ask. That is a great, great question. Nowhere <laughs> even near dumb. Not even close to dumb. All right, here's a dumb question. Let's get away from food before we say goodbye to you for 2018 as we're wrapping up all the right. Y'all Show this week. Dumb question. We have a new Heisman Trophy winner from Oklahoma, Kyler Murray. Was that the right choice, or should it have been a guy from the University of Alabama? Uh, no, I think Kyler Murray was the right choice, and uh, you know, I'll tell you why. Um, the is Tua Tagliavoa. I'm hopefully I'm saying his last name right. Is a heck football player. I think we all know that. Um, he there's you know certainly a worthy candidate. I will say this though, uh, you've got to have. They're what they call Heisman, Heisman moments, right? So in my opinion, um, and an argument could be made, and I, I don't want to uh, anger our, our Alabama fans here, but uh, Jalen Hurts came in and won that game um, against uh, Georgia, in my opinion. He was in there at the end. He, he had a lot to do with that. That, was not, that game was not over when Tua went out of the football game. 
And of course he's had a great season all year, but he's been, he's been in and out kind of battling injury. And that's not, you don't hold it against the guy per se, uh, but you certainly have to consider how many minutes he has not played. And I think you have to consider uh, what was done in the SEC championship game uh, when you're, when your backup comes in and, and, you know, Hey, wins the football game. So, um, we also the other side of that coin too is Alabama's great. Alabama's great on defense, special teams, the running game's great. This this Alabama team is great everywhere. Oklahoma is an offensive football team. That defense is is average at best, um, and Kyler Murray is essentially the the straw that stirs that entire offensive drink. Uh, so he's more important to that team who walked who that did lose one game and made the playoff. Um, so it's not an MVP award. That's true. Uh, but he's done what he's done at Oklahoma, scoring the amount of points and running that offense essentially as the uh, the guy that makes it go was more impressive to me than what Tua did on a really really good Alabama team. And uh, let's be honest, he didn't he did not win the the uh, SEC championship game either. That's my thoughts. All right, well, don't hold back, Matt. The next time we'll be talking with you is going to be in early January. It'll actually be the morning after, the day after the national championship game. So on that day in January, when you and I reconvene, what team will we be talking about just captured the national championship? Alabama. Okay. Alabama. (laughs) I think, I think, uh, yeah. yeah, What a bold pick. I know. I know you really, you know, I like to be edgy sometimes, but at the same time now, I don't see anything. Uh, that would lead me to believe that I think Tua will be back, and I think no matter what I just said, I think he's a better player over Jalen Hurts, obviously. So. Hey, he, he was think, back at the Heisman Trophy thing. Did you see yeah, that? He, he was, was riding good. around on a little scooter pre, pre-Heisman yeah. ceremony, and then the, the the award ceremony, like nothing had ever happened to him. I would say this, if to, I, and I believe he'll be back. If Tua's playing and he's healthy, I take Alabama. If he's not, uh, then I may take Oklahoma. Ah, okay. Number four seed, possibly. I hate to hedge my bet. But that's 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 what I'll do. I'll hedge my bet a little bit based on the quarterback. All right. Matt Hermans, we wish you and your family the best of Christmases, and we look forward to working with you in 2019 and have a great couple of weeks off, and we'll, we'll have a great Christmas and a lot of great food because of you. Thank you, sir. Love it. Uh, Merry Christmas and Happy uh, New Year to everybody out there. All right. Matt Hermans, barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. Well, that will conclude our show. When we come back tomorrow, we'll have plenty of good ACC talk and a little country music talk, too, direct from Nashville, Tennessee, with our friend Precious Harris. And that's all tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. You have been listening to The Y'all Show with John Rawl. Talk with a very, very, very deep-fried and deep-barbecued accent. Purpose and L works when you have a cold sore and works when you don't. If you haven't tried this for cold sores, you're missing out. Purpose and L penetrates deep to treat cold sores. It really works. I apply it as soon as I have one. Purpose and L also protects against certain triggers caused by the sun and cold with added SPF 30 protection. I use it in the winter and in the summer to help protect against flare-ups from sun damage. Purpose and L works when you have a cold sore, works when you don't. Use as directed. Gold Bond salutes all you fixers out there. Fixers of wobbly chairs, squeaky stairs, and drippy faucets. Folks who can fix just about anything, except dry, cracked hands. Whoa, that's bad. Man. 
Say hello to Gold Mod Crack Skin Cream. More than a lotion, it precisely fills, soothes, and protects rough, cracked fingers and knuckles. 91% said cracked skin felt smoother in one day. Yep, feeling good. Gold Mod Crack Skin Cream. Find it in first aid at CVS. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council.